स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रंजम सुन रहे हैं आपका शॉप और प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बाद दोपहर के दो कप के बज चुके अब से लेके तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गप शप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नजर में अटकेंगी खटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि आज का प्रोग्राम काफी जबरदस्त है वो इसलिए कि सबसे पहले हम आपकी मुलाकात ग्रेस लोड के साथ करवाएंगे जो की पार्लियामेंट सेक्रेटरी है और ये महीना जो है वेमेंस हिस्ट्री मंथ मनाया जा रहा है उसी सिलसिले में उनसे बातचीत होगी और उसके बाद हम आपकी मुलाकात करवाएंगे ग्लीटा ब्राउन के साथ जो कि रोजमेरी ब्राउन की बेटी हैं और इस समय वैंकूवर में टीम के साथ खड़ी हो रही हैं सिटी काउंसलर की हैसियत से और आखिर में अगर थोड़ा सा वक्त बताए तो हम आपकी मुलाकात कमल जी से करवाएंगे जो कि एंटरटेनमेंट की जानकारी हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में देंगे वी आर वेरी प्लीज टू इंट्रोड्यूस पार्लियामेंट्री सेक्रेटरी ग्रेस लोर इन टूडेज प्रोग्राम एंड वील बी टॉकिंग अबाउट वुमेन्स हिस्ट्री मंथ यूर मोस्ट वेलकम इन आर प्रोग्राम हाउ आर यू डूइंग I'm well. Thank you very much for having me. So let's talk a little bit about the Women's History Month. When did it come into being and how come you're uh, involved in it? Well, I I'm thrilled to be involved in Women's History Month uh, this year. The theme this year is she did, so now can now I can, which is yes. of course a perfect um uh theme for recognizing the leadership of women. Mm-hmm. in our province and around the country uh who led the way who made a difference uh and paved the path for for the women that come after them and so for me as parliamentary secretary of gender equity uh it's an important opportunity to to celebrate those accomplishments we are very pleased that there is uh, a ministry of gender equality having said that um in many jobs throughout canada there is no gender parity Uh, if there is i mean it's very little how do you feel about that without a doubt we have a lot of work left to do uh we know that uh there's still a gender pay gap uh we know that there's still work to do on women's leadership um uh in uh, sectors across the province uh but one thing i'm really proud of is i'm part of a a caucus um a government that's more than 50% women we are seeing uh women's leadership in politics in this um uh, in this province including a diverse range of women uh women uh who themselves uh immigrated to canada we have a uh, diverse uh, religions and languages and professional backgrounds um and that's really a testament to the women that uh went before us um uh, again a, a month to recognize uh that that a uh, history of leadership and and uh, as you said to look forward uh, for what it means uh, for the work left for us to do we have noticed in the past that there was a time when some of the provinces had female leaders uh, premiers and then uh, their reign wasn't very long have you as as a parliament parliament secretary and as a woman yourself do you ever think about what could be the causes that they cannot be sustained in that position certainly uh, there have been far fewer uh, women premiers uh, in canada's history uh, and um as well as only one woman to be a prime minister mm-hmm. um that said beyond the role of a premier uh, our cabinet is 
uh, 50% women. So we have, uh, you know, incredible uh, leaders in uh, our caucus uh, who are leading, like Sir Katrina Conroy on forestry, uh, mm-hmm. or Minister Josie Osborne on uh, land and water, uh, or Minister Chen on childcare. Uh, so we, I think, we are those leaderships we do know there are still barriers to participation um, uh, and we have to continue to work to address those Um, that's one of the reasons why we're working uh, towards pay transparency legislation so that no matter what work people are in no matter what job they're doing uh, they're uh, fairly compensated and uh, that we're taking steps to address inequities uh, in pay um, so that there is new um, and uh, exciting opportunities for women to take on leadership roles uh, and to make a difference in their communities. It is fantastic that you are involved in on all this, Ms. Lohr, um, and you do have a very important job and also a very privileged position to sort of make sure that women of all race, color, creed, and profession get their due, uh, you know, in, in their due in whatever work they're doing. Absolutely. And I, uh, it's a dream job for me to be the parliamentary secretary of gender equity. And I'm, I'm privileged to work alongside Rajna Singh, who's the parliamentary secretary on anti-racism and Dan Coulter, who's the parliamentary secretary on accessibility. Um, because you're absolutely right. We need to continue to uh, make sure that uh, the work we're doing uh, elevates opportunities for all kinds of women uh, to uh, follow in the footsteps of, of the women who've made history before them, um, and that ha- and that all women have the opportunities to uh, contribute to communities and, and live uh, full lives here in BC. So for this History Month, Women's History Month, what all is being done? Yeah, so we're taking the opportunity to reflect on some of the leaders gone ahead um and uh you know we want to reflect on on the kinds of uh, people whose leadership we want to follow um and we're continuing to work on uh, key files like a uh, uh, gender-based violence action plan um and pay equity um as i said to make sure that uh people are able to fill to uh, live full lives mm. um and it is it's through the leadership, through the history of women in this province that we're able to do that. Uh, women like Baljeet Sethi, uh, who immigrated to Canada from India, uh, where she was a teacher. And when she arrived here, she founded the Immigrant and multi Services Society in Prince George. Uh, this helps newcomers uh, be part of their community. And she was awarded the Order of BC for this work. Um, you know, or Dr. Rose Charlie, who was a respected Indigenous leader and dedicated herself to the pursuit of social justice for First Nations women in BC and, uh, you know, cemented a place for herself in Canadian history. Um, and so the work that I undertake in this role and we undertake as government uh, stands on the shoulders of these women that we recognize on um, during Women's History Month. Fantastic. And I think that is um, a worthwhile cause for all women. And uh, if a woman is heading this, I am positive it's going to be very successful. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm just absolutely honored to do the work alongside my colleagues in government uh, and to recognize uh, the history and look forward to the, the work 
that remains for uh, the women and girls that come after us. Thank you for taking time and talking to us. Thank you. And as promised, we have with us Cleta Brown. Cleta, you're most welcome in our program. How are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling really great. Thanks so much for having me. A lovely day. You it brought is. the sunshine with you. It's a beautiful autumn. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. So um, at the moment, you are uh, eyeing for the city council position with the team. Yes, that's correct. So tell me something about yourself. Where were you born? Were you born in Canada? Yes, I was born in Vancouver. You're I'm, kidding. I'm first generation Canadian. Yes. Uh, my father came from the American South to, he grew up in segregation uh -huh. and his opportunities of course were very, very limited. Of and my mother came from Jamaica and it was a colony at the time that she was growing up. Mm -hmm. And again, opportunities were limited. They're both black and they met at, um, in Montreal at McGill. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and fell in love with Canada. Yes. Um, and decided this was where they wanted to make their home and they could thrive. And raise here a family. Here. And raise a family. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Now, um, when, when there are mixed marriages, uh, beautiful children are born. You're mm -hmm. like you. You've got uh, your color of your eyes is totally different. Where does that come from? Well, I, I, both my parents are black. Yes. But you know, uh, the American, uh, black, African-Canadian, African-American community. <laughs> yes. Uh, comes in all colors, shades, and combinations. So um, my, eyes, my eyes are Irish. Your eyes are Irish. Yes. No wonder. <laughs> that is that yes. is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now, Cleta, born, uh, were you born in Montreal then? No, I was born no. here in Vancouver. So they decided to come to Vancouver and well, live here. Well, my dad uh, applied to medical school. And at that time, a long time ago, mm. uh, medical schools had quotas. Yes. So they took two blacks. They ah. took two women. They took two Jewish people. Wow. They took two, you saw twos. Yes. And then, you know, the rest, uh, Caucasian males. Right. And, and not even females. Oh, Caucasian no, two males. women. There were two the, women in his class. Oh, my God. Two black fellows, my yeah. dad and a, a fellow from uh, Nigeria. Mm. Uh, two Jewish fellows. Mm. And uh, let me see. Oh, two um, Asian, uh, Eastern Asian. Okay. One Japanese, one Chinese. Chinese. And... Uh, Oh, that was pretty much a, it. They had a rigid quota system. They did. They did. So he got into UBC hmm. because most of the schools had the, the same kind of uh, understanding. It, yes. it wasn't in writing. No, of course not. And um, so that's how they ended up coming out to Vancouver. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And how was your childhood growing up? Well, um, it was a happy childhood for the most part, but uh, tempered by the fact that my brothers and I were usually the only ki uh, black kids in the school, uh, or maybe one other family at some right. time. And again, uh, my my own children can't believe it. Yes, that I went to when I went to school, there was us, the yes. Browns, and there was. Maybe two or three Chinese kids. Right. Yeah. Um, a couple of Jewish kids. Right. And that and was the rest pretty much. It was pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much it. So, um, and it was kind of a new thing. Right. Uh, so school was not always pleasant. 
But, um, you know, thankfully, I did have, I did make friends. But the bullying was pretty uh, unpleasant uh, for a while, you know. I, I think um, the way you're explaining it, that's the immigrant story, yes. really. Yes. Um, majority of the immigrants go through that, that's no right. matter what color, complexion, mm -hmm. race they belong to. The, mm -hmm. They're just... not white, and they, they are visibly different. Mm -hmm. they, they do go through all that. And all that Im discrimination, racism, bullying, mm -hmm. luckily, I didn't have to go through here, but I did go through all that in England. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. So yeah. that is the mm -hmm. the birthplace of bullying and discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> Some would say they perfected it. <laughs> they have, haven't they? Now, yeah. uh, um, I was reading a little bit about you. Um, your passion is human rights. So let, let's take you to, to your childhood and and build up your story so that people mm -hmm. can find out why are you running for mm -hmm. a city councillor's position? Mm -hmm. What is it that drives you? Um, well, I think you're, you're marked in certain ways by early experiences. Um, so I always felt uh, for the underdog, in, so to speak. I've certainly felt for people who are different because I was different and uh, treated differently sometimes. Uh, I also grew up in a very activist and political family, mm -hmm. so I was also influenced at home. I'm, both my parents were very engaged in the community in Vancouver, and uh, my mother became very uh, involved in the women's rights movement. Right. It really changed things in our, <laughs> in our household and had a profound impact on our family and on right. me as the only daughter. So that was a big influence as well in terms of uh, seeing beyond one's own family. As well, both my parents grew up in a, a religious tradition of um, which valued service. Yes. And that service to not only your family, but service to your community, service to others who you see mm -hmm. you can help or right. could help in some way. Mm -hmm. It was a very important value. And um, I, I would say those are, those are my formative uh, influences that uh, stay with me today and in terms of running part of it is the influence of, of being from a political family so I've always been interested in politics but also seeing my hometown change in, in quite profound ways mm -hmm. and um, I feel that not as many citizens uh, or residents are meaningfully engaged or consulted by the leadership of our, our cities. And um, I think that is important. I think there's a lot of talent, uh, skills, uh, conscientious people who want to contribute to the city mm -hmm. and how we go through the change, changes that we're clearly going through and, and uh, tackle the challenges that mm -hmm. we have. And I think the way, the best way to do that is to do that with as many people who can and want to give and be a part of it as one can. I think that's democratic, but I also think you, you probably find more harmony mm. and more acceptance of the change and the changes, good and bad, that will come along when people feel that either they were a part of it 
or they could have been if they had the time or the interest, uh, or at least their leaders are seem to be listening and yeah, are listening to heard. them. They're being heard. Yes. yes. To thrive, there has to be trust. Yes. A certain element of trust, strength of trust between the leadership and ordinary citizens. And I think right now it's strained. Mm. And uh, it's important to uh, try to re repair that because we are going through a lot. And we can go through tough things better with uh, somewhat, with more acceptance, maybe, and even maybe more harmony when there's a bit, um, when there's more sense of, of trust and. Um, you know, the pandemic is a good example. That was very tough for very many people. And for a while, we, you know, we could come together and we could uh, accept the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's because people felt that the leadership had their best interest and right. things were, right. uh, we were all, you know. Together. Together. Yeah, together in it. But, but also the pandemic, that's a totally different topic. Mm -hmm. uh, quite, a, I'm quite passionate about that. The mm -hmm. pandemic also brought the worst in people. It did, to a certain extent, bring the best in people, mm -hmm. but also the worst. Their families were torn apart, you know, oh, because, mm -hmm. you know, someone hasn't taken a vaccine, so you're not going to be in our household, forget it, and so on and so forth. Having said that, coming back to the point that you've made that the pandemic did teach us that, you know, working cohesively together, a lot of things can be done better. Yes. Right? I think so. So, so in today's day and age, and in, in such a huge city like Vancouver, which is known worldwide, what are the things that you feel are lacking in the city? Well, affordability is a big, big, big issue. Yes. It's a very expensive city to live in, hmm. and it's become unaffordable for most people to own a home or to rent a home the size and location perhaps that's appropriate for them or that's uh, affordable for them. Mm. So that that's a major challenge. Um, it's happening in a lot of cities. Vancouver is not the only one. Yeah. But it's, it's particularly severe here because yes. there's really almost no relation to the incomes that Typical Vancouverites mm -hmm. earn, mm -hmm. and the and the the cost of rent, or a house, and it didn't always it wasn't always that way. It, um, and I think, and my party that I'm running with, which is Team for Livable Vancouver, you know, we believe that we're going to have to make some substantive and transformative change in the way we tackle affordability in the way we approach development, in the way we manage the growth that is coming. Vancouver's always grown. Uh, it's always been a popular destination for very good reason. Since 1986. Mm, certainly. <laughs> and, 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 and before then. I mean, right. you know, my parents' intention was to come here, go to school, and, and go back east, mm -hmm. where, you know, the center of Canada, That's as they right. used to like to call it, <laughs> but they fell in love with Vancouver. Right, you know, it was affordable and right. it was green and you know, lovely parks and beaches and facilities. But anyway, um, these things are are not keeping up.
No. And uh, our beautiful it, amenities are not keeping up. Is it because we have no land? Well, we we're you know we are surrounded. Uh, you know, By we've, got, we've got mountains and we've got and ocean, ocean and rivers and so on. <laughs> and, and and south of us is the USA. The US. So it's, it's challenging. Yes. But as I said, there's some very smart, capable people in this city, and uh, I think we have to be able to tap into them. And uh, many of them are 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 just are ordinary people. Mm. Um. We're talking to Cleta Brown, uh, who is running city councillor with Team City Council. Let's take a short commercial break, Cleta, and we'll come back. And uh, let's talk about a few very pertinent points that you are interested in. We are here with Cleta Brown, who is running as a city councillor for Team for a Livable Vancouver. Now, for a, a team... Uh, or a group of people that want to run as mm -hmm. mayor, city councillors, mm -hmm. uh, school mm -hmm. trustees, and, and park, park boards. Board. Yes. So is Vancouver the only place where they have park boards? Uh, yes, park board. Yes. And nobody else has park boards. But I've interviewed no. so many other people. It's only mayor, city councillor, and school trustees. That's correct. <laughs> okay. it, it came out of Stanley Park. Oh, and And wanting to form an, an, uh, an entity that would always protect Stanley Park. Because even right. from the beginning, there were pressures to encroach Protected. upon it. Oh, okay. Yeah. To, to make it into a... Oh, build on it yeah. and, and so on and so forth. So it, 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 uh, that's what I'm told I yes. wasn't around then uh, that that's how it started that we have one yeah and it's very good I think it's part of the reason we have so many parks that's right and they generally do not get encroached upon yes and um, they could be better maintained yes. but they used to be and we have such great community centers and right because really we it's a big thing in itself yes it certainly is and city council have a lot of things to Right. other matters that they have to concern themselves with right so i think we're very fortunate that we have people park commissioners and that is their mandate and that is their focus and we have had and we will have continue to have really parks. really good healthy park system that's fantastic thank you now Clita, your um, passion for politics mm -hmm. do you remember a, a, a catalyst moment where you decided I want to get into it, or is it an influence of your mom and dad? Um, was very, very much an influence of my parents. Mm. My mother, uh, Rosemary Brown, was the first uh, black woman elected to a Canadian legislature. That's right. And it was a really big deal mm -hmm. uh, at the time. And then she ran for the leadership of the federal uh, NDP. Right. And she was the first uh, woman. Yes. To do to run to lead a federal party, right? And she came very, very, very close. Yes, <laughs> took four or five ballots um, for before Ed Broadbent uh, defeated That's right. her. Yes, and and that was a big deal. Yeah, of course. So that 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 those events and seeing my mother in politics, uh, it's a very all-encompassing uh, life. Um, had a had a large impact on me. It made me really interested in politics. Yes. But thinking maybe I didn't want to go into politics and run myself. Right. I thought, well, I don't know if I want to do that. But, um, you know, eventually now um, I have uh, retired mainly from my law career. Yes. My children are young adults. Yes. And it seemed to me 
Uh, I couldn't just grumble at home and, <laughs> and grumble at let's, let's dinner. Let's into it. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, 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 I can do more. I have skills, experience, uh, time, and, uh, and I'm uh, and able passion. to offer. And uh, definitely, passion. definitely I think passion it's, and it's care. It's passion that uh, sort of, in my, my mm -hmm. view, it's passion which makes you run mm -hmm. uh, and not be tired and take it day in, day out, you know, yes. whatever you are, you're passionate about. Yes. So we were talking about your favorite city, which is Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Affordability is an issue. That's an issue. Mm -hmm. Homelessness is an issue. Well, the, the other equal in my, um, you know, for me is the situation in the downtown east side oh. it's the first place i i worked when i, I graduated from uh, university so i saw it in the late 70s mm. mid to late 70s early 80s and i watched it and also from the viewpoint of the women living down there there's always been women mm. down there when we think of it we tend to think of men because mm. it's, it's predominantly so but there's a lot of women and young mm. people mm. who live down there and uh, I do feel quite I do feel I don't know if passion is the mm. right word I feel very strongly mm. incensed a bit of uh, frustration and outrage yes at how the the lives of the people in the downtown east side and the people who try and work in the downtown east side and the people who try and and bring a sucker to the people who live there how difficult it is how dangerous it is how dirty and mm. unsanitary it is mm -hmm. in such a wealthy and beautiful city so is there a solution I think there's a there is a solution, a long term solution. Yeah. There's not something that we can do overnight. Yeah. Because I think part of the problem is that we have been um, acting in a, a sort of piecemeal way. We've been reacting to urgent to emergencies. Similarly, for example, with the tent cities that happened yes. this summer. Yes. That was somewhat foreseeable. Yes. But it's not until they were all there, yeah. and the situation was absolutely horrific, and the fire chief said, this cannot yeah. stand, that, you know, we're galvanized again. And yeah. I shouldn't say we as in all of us. Yeah. I mean, there, there have been lots of people who have been ringing the bell and, and shouting. For a long that, time. For a long time. Yes. But this, this, this situation is deteriorating, and we need a different approach. So I think that despite the heroic efforts of organizations and people down there, including the people who live there, mm. we've taken a bit of a patchwork and a piecemeal approach. Even though it's a lot of money and effort we're making, it hasn't been working. So I think what we have to do and what team is promoting is really a, a deep 360-degree sort of audit. Mm. Whereas... Where are we spending money? All levels mm. of government. What are we doing exactly? What programs exactly? Mm. Who are the people down there exactly? They are not all the same. They don't all have the same needs. Uh, they're all unhoused or poorly housed. They have that in common. But beyond that, 
there's there's people who are temporarily down on their luck. There's people who have mental untreated mental illnesses. Mm. There's people who have drug addiction. There's people who have both. There's predators mm. who are down there taking advantage. There's we need to know um, to a fine degree who is down there. What are we doing down there? Where is our our money being spent? What is really what's effective in some ways? Mm. What maybe is duplicative? What needs more enhancement? What could be consolidated? There's not a holistic, integrated approach to this complex problem. And I think that's what we need to take. So we are recommending that we appoint someone who's yeah. knowledgeable and experienced to be the point person, like a, the, like a commissioner. Mm. Similarly, maybe to an auditor general that we have, for example who is going to undertake this um, this uh, study to, to right. fully understand uh, what we have, what's going on down there, and also to be someone that the people in the downtown east side can go to. Right now, nobody is specifically accountable or responsible. Well, when you them. look at all the uh, TV reports, you see mm -hmm. the, the police, um, you know, tired. Mm -hmm. uh, of even trying to get uh, these people out of the areas where some businesses had to close down yep. because, you know, there are yep. tent cities being yep. made over there. Yeah. Do we sometimes just not tackle an issue because it is huge and we only have four years? Um, there may be a bit of that. I, I, I think uh, part, yeah, part of it is that it just looks so complicated and complex. It, is it really that complicated and complex? I, I think we can find out. I think we assume it is. I see. And I also think partially it has to do with the people who live down there. Mm. Um, notwithstanding that we call ourselves a city of reconciliation, it, there is a disproportionate um, number of indigenous residents uh, living a very, very difficult and dangerous lives. Mm. Uh, yet... Um, you know, this this doesn't happen in any other neighborhood in Vancouver. Wouldn't some of the many of the behaviors and the housing wouldn't be tolerated? Um, and that's it's a it's a neighborhood of Vancouver, yeah. and it deserves to, to to be treated like one. To be treated like one, and yeah. to have its uh, needs met to the best of our abilities. You know, I guess for some politicians, it's if things don't flare up, then things must be. Okay, <laughs> or 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 there's a certain acceptance. Well, it's always been a difficult area, you know. So, Lita, your your team yes. uh, for Livable Vancouver. Yes. If you get elected, um, and in and looking after Vancouver for the next four years, what would you be bringing to the table? Well, the mandate of team is a voice for all neighborhoods, mm -hmm. and our. Um, Mayoral candidate is Councillor Colleen Hardwick. Wow. She's been on council for four years now. She has an urban planning and urban geography uh, academic background. Her father was Walter Hardwick, a very uh, well-regarded and well-known uh, urban geographer and um, city councillor. Mm -hmm. And as well, she's a businesswoman. A very successful and uh, businesswoman, and a businesswoman who's achieved awards for her own entrepreneurial 
um, endeavors. And as I say, she's been on council for four years. She has a deeply analytical mind. And she, I was interested in her because she asked tough questions. She has probing questions, and she tried to emphasize that we have to take a systematic and method methodological mm -hmm. uh, approach to the complex challenges that we have. We can't simply uh, band-aid, band-aid, throw money without a deep, deeper understanding of what we're dealing with. Uh, with the with with housing, with development, with the downtown east side, all of these really tough tough issues, and um, she's running for for mayor. Mm -hmm. And if she if she succeeds, which I hope she will, because she's the most qualified in our view, she will be the first woman mayor for Vancouver mm -hmm. in almost you know almost two hundred years. That's right. <laughs> and. Uh, it's a cliche, yeah. but there's some truth to it. You know, women get things done. They do. <laughs> <laughs> and Clita, for yourself. Mm -hmm. well, well, we believe very much in, as I said, public engagement. We also believe in neighborhoods and that the neighborhoods are the building blocks of a city, that the neighborhoods and the unique neighborhoods that Vancouver have are as, as largely a reason that Vancouver was so livable and wonderful as the mountains and the and the waters. Uh, so we value preserving the neighborhoods, um, not obliterating them and making the whole city, you know, homogenous and, and alike in every way. Mm. But we also believe that in terms of how you develop a city and how a city grows so that it maintains livability and can uh, have a chance at affordability is to incorporate neighborhood voices in the planning of the city, in the planning of the neighborhoods. Every What we would like to see in team is every neighborhood being socioeconomically mixed, mm -hmm. being um, more or less open to all incomes and needs, mm. and all neighborhoods absorbing growth. Part of the problem with the downtown east side uh, situation is we have so many people with high needs all in one place, mm. almost ghettoized, mm. if I dare say. And many of these people, uh, given the option, probably wouldn't live down there. Mm. So in terms of uh, social housing, in terms of uh, supportive mm. housing, that needs to be dispersed throughout the city and it can be absorbed and the people can be absorbed and be in a neighborhood and a community that is uh, welcoming to them and that they can function in and that they're not in a dangerous environment as, a, as many of them are now. So when you do that at the local level, we believe, with neighborhoods, and you say, according to StatsCan and other reliable uh, data, uh, we need to build uh, X number of uh, housing units in the, mm. you know, in the next 10 years, your neighborhood going to, what's the best way that you see to absorb that number, to grow, mm. and where, where to put it? Because neighborhoods also will consider where are our schools, mm. where are our parks and community centers. We, if you, we want family housing, for example, mm -hmm. uh, this is, these are the best locations. Mm. Or 
if we are going to have certain types of housing and growth in this area of our neighborhood, it's going to need a school. Hmm. And it's going to need a park or a community center. And this is part of the planning. Right now, we've been presented with two plans, a Broadway plan and a Vancouver plan, hmm. uh, neither of which are full plans for neighborhoods or communities. They're hmm. really blueprints for where we can put dense uh, high tower mm -hmm. housing. Right. And that's not, in our view, that's not really a plan for how a city should evolve and grow and develop. That's an opportunity to really just promote growth. Mm. Uh, the private sector who will be building most of these towers, which apparently will be on most blocks, mm. you know, they're looking for uh, profitability, yeah, which four, is understandable. Yeah, 400 square foot house. Uh, you how know, can you live in that? And we've had plenty of that. If yes. you have a lot of money in Vancouver, you can find right. a place to live. Yeah. So we need to provide opportunities for different types of housing. Mm -hmm. And we, I think the be, we think the best way that that can be achieved and maintain Vancouver as a livable city. And livability includes affordability, includes mm -hmm. public safety. You have a better chance of public safety mm. when you have community, when you have neighborhoods and people living closer to the ground. Mm. Because the police, of course, cannot police everybody and everything, mm. and nor should they be expected right. to. Right. Uh, a lot of safety, public safety, has to do with community. So community is most important. Very important. And you do that by engaging, as, as I and team keep harping <laughs> on. You have to include people and residents. And there's a lot of knowledge and, and, and wealth and passion. I'm not the only person passionate about the city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are other people <laughs> who are, yes. Yes, thousands. Look, yes. Lita, thank you so very mm -hmm. much for um, taking time and coming to our studios and talking about uh, Vancouver in a totally different way. Uh, I think you, you talk about Vancouver like Vancouverites do, uh, <laughs> with a lot of love for the city. Um, to see where it was when you were a little girl to the time when you are now looking at it to give back to the community. Exactly. So uh, a lot of things have changed. So I wish you all the best uh, for your upcoming election. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Shishma. I it, really enjoyed speaking with you. I could do it for, for hours. For hours. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> a cup of tea. <laughs> Thank you so much. Lita Brown, who is with... Uh, team for livable Vancouver as a city councillor. Um, and if people wanted to uh, know more about you, uh, Clita, where can they go? Oh, uh, I encourage everyone to visit our website, which is www.voteteam.ca. And we uh, include biographies of all of, the, all of our candidates, as well as our policy positions, which are quite detailed. And I, I welcome people to visit. Thank you. So you've been very busy. <laughs> so was and I was just listening to it. 
कुछ लोग आग, आज मना रहे हैं एंड येस्टरडे द मून वॉज आउट बाई अबाउट सेवन फोर्टी कितने सालों के बाद आई मीन ऑलवेज करवा चौथ वाले दिन इट इज रेनिंग एंड देर इज लॉट ऑफ क्लाउड इन द स्काई पोलिंग कमल जी आज मैंने सुना काफी जगहों पे कि दे वर ह्यूज लाइन अप देखा जाए तो आ, सबसे कम टर्नआउट सिविक में होता है उसके बाद प्रोविंशियल में होता है और ज्यादा टर्नआउट फेडरल में होता है आपने बिल्कुल सही कहा सुषमा जी मैं मैं एज ए मैन मैं आपको थोड़ा सा संक्षेप में बता दूं कि जब उन्होंने इतना बड़ा वो पेपर दिया और उसमें उन्होंने कहा कि आपको मेयर के लिए सिर्फ एक काउंसिल के लिए आपको पहले बहुत बड़ी खबर हुई थी कि शायद वार्ड सिस्टम हो जाएगा 
अगर देखा जाए तो वैंकूवर में काफ़ी लोग संतुष्ट नहीं हैं कैनेडी स्टूट से सरी में देखा जाए तो डग मकैलम से काफ़ी लोग संतुष्ट नहीं हैं बाकी जगहों पे काफ़ी जगहों पे मेयर जो हैं विदाउट एनी हेजिटेशन डिक्लेयर कर दिए गए हैं कि उनके ऑपोजिशन में कोई नहीं खड़ा हुआ फॉर एग्जांपल हमारे बर्न भी सिटीजन का so um we'll be talking about that giving all the results on the 15th uh, saturday wale din raat 8 baje ke baad jab ki polls band ho jayengi and i think i am told ki within about an hour and a half we'll find out har jagah ke bare mein ki kaisa rahega but my prediction is ki sari phir bhi disputed rahega चलिए सो कल चूंकि फ्राइडे का दिन है काफी सारी मूवीज रिलीज हो रही हैं एनी न्यूज ऑन दोज
ब्यूटीफुल चलिए तो बड़ी बेकरारी से लोग इंतजार करेंगे इन फिल्मों को देखने का एंड यू नो जाते जाते मैं आपको बता दूं कि रणवीर सिंह ऑफ कोर्स ये साल 2022 के लिए बड़ा जबरदस्त है कल उनको महाराष्ट्रियन ऑफ द ईयर के अवार्ड से सम्मानित किया गया व्हिच इज ह्यूज ऑनर ऑफ कोर्स एंड दिस इज ऑल बिकॉज़ ऑफ द मूवी व्हिच ही डिड व्हिच इज 83 इसके लिए उनको फिल्म पे ने बेस्ट एक्टर का अवार्ड दिया सीमा जो कि साउथ इंडियन मोशन एसोसिएशन है उन्होंने उनको मोस्ट पॉपुलर हिंदी फिल्म एक्टर का अवार्ड दिया बिजनेस एसोसिएशन है एफ और एफ समथिंग उन्होंने भी उनको मोस्ट पॉपुलर एक्टर का अवार्ड दिया तो दिस गाय इज इनक्रेडिबल इनक्रेडिबल एंड साथ ही साथ उनको सी एन ने कल इंडियन ऑफ द ईयर का अवार्ड भी सम्मानित किया तो रणवीर सिंह इज ऑब्वियसली राइडिंग वेरी वेरी हाई दैट इज फैंटेस्टिक एंड जाते जाते वट वुड यू लाइक टू से People will be uh, waiting, waiting with bated breath. Of course, you follow Amitabh Bachchan on Twitter. Thank you, Kamal ji. ओके जी विद दैट वी कम टू द एंड ऑफ आर शो वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकी खटकी और दिल में समाई उन सबको लेके विल बी हेयर टुमारो कल पंकज गोगना हमारा साथ देंगे स्टेट्यून फॉर द ड्राइव होम ग्राइंड विद डी जे फ्लाइट एंड माया राइट हेयर ऑन स्पाइस रेडियो और आपकी रिक्वेस्ट्स नूतन लेंगी रेडियो रिमझिम पे